Hello and welcome to the AIU Spotlight podcast. I'm Gareth Long, Communications Coordinator with the Faculty of Arts, Humanities and Social Sciences, and I'll be interviewing staff, students and alumni from the faculty to explore their personal experiences of education and professional life, as well as their advice for anyone hoping to work in the same field. In this episode, I talk with BA Film and Television Production alumnus Agata Kazmierczak. Agata graduated from my degree in 2022 and now works as a technical operator at BBC News London, mostly mixing sound for live programmes and bulletins. Among other things, we talk about the success of her student films on the festival and awards circuits, the importance of the soft skills she learned on the course, and the ups and downs of studying during the coronavirus lockdown. So with no further ado, let's get on with the podcast. Hi, Agatha. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? I'm really good, how are you? That's good. I'm great, thanks. I'm great. Uh, thanks for joining us today for the AIU Spotlight podcast. Could you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you've been doing since graduation from AIU to start with, please? So I'm a recent film and TV production student and I graduated in June. And since then I have been, uh, I shifted my way a little bit into TV, uh, which uh, in detail, I am a technical operator at BBC News at the moment and I work in London, um, mainly mixing sound for the live uh, programs and bulletins. Great, BBC News, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? How does it feel going straight into a job like that? It feels great. Uh, it felt really unreal uh, in the beginning when I was starting. It felt like maybe I should not be there that early, but I was really happy about it. And it's a really good place to work at, really good place to develop skills, be around people who have similar interests and know much, much more about the job than me so I can learn from people all around me. So it's a really good environment. and. A lot of adrenaline, which I like, fast-paced work. It feels great, to be honest. Uh, I'm really happy about it. How did you find the job? And was it pretty competitive when you were applying? So I was a little bit lucky because when I was still studying, I got introduced to the heads of department in uh, of the technical department in BBC in Cambridge, where I started my job as uh, an auto queue operator. And when I was working there um, freelance while also studying, finishing my university, uh, I got to know a lot of people there and I got some extra training on the sound equipment in BBC in Cambridge. And gradually as, as we moved further and as there was a need for cover, I started doing sound for the news there. Uh, which I was really, really grateful about because uh, I could just develop my skills even further and learn so many good things and a lot of trust was put into me. So I was really lucky to have it. But sadly, as the BBC in Cambridge was closing, I started looking for some other opportunities to apply to because I knew the end of the program will be around November, December. So I knew I will really have to find another place to work, uh, especially that I already finished university. It was time for me to move on. That's when I started applying for other BBC jobs. And because I already had experience in BBC and in the same area that they were looking for, so sound, I was considered a fit candidate. I was invited for an interview and the interview went pretty well, but I didn't get the position straight away. However, there seemed to be one more spot afterwards, after the first recruitment process. And I got asked if I would like that position because I already went through the interview. And uh, so it's it was really 
some experience, a lot of work, but also a lot of luck and the good timing of where I was at the moment. So that's how I got the job in London. I think it was pretty competitive, but I don't have any you know, data on how many people applied. I, I know it's not easy to get there, but I also know that if you started your work in the field somewhere else, you can shift um, to other BBCs, especially that if you already worked in BBC for some time, you get the opportunity to be considered for the job positions before general public. It was really, really nice that I could get that opportunity and shift onto into London. So what were they looking for? in terms of the personal skills and, and technical skills? They were looking for a lot of soft skills, actually, primarily. Of course, there were some technical knowledge and skills needed, but they were really looking for teamworking skills, effective communication, uh, quick thinking and quick learning. I think that's what they really uh, appreciated in, in the potential candidates. I had to do a, like a quick assessment during my interview process where I was asked a couple of questions about the sound they were playing to me and answering it from technical point of view or what would I do as a sound operator. Even though the desk was much different and the workflow was so different than in Cambridge and I didn't know much about the desk, I didn't know much about the functions and everything. They were more like seeing what my thinking would be in the situation rather than my skills. But yeah, they were really, uh, the team working uh, was, was the priority for the soft skills. And then a lot of other soft skills that I developed, I was able to gradually introduce them uh, during the interview and back up with uh, situations from, from my work and from my student experience. So that's basically how it looked. So do you do sound on like live news programs or is it recorded mostly? Um, I do both. It's mainly live, live news. We do some recordings for uh, like future programs or some programs that there are like a couple programs that are recorded earlier. But uh, most of the things that I do are the live, live programs happening live in the moment. Uh, so all the quick thinking and uh, dealing with pressure is essential. How do you deal with pressure? And have there been any moments where you've had to think really fast? I deal with pressure pretty well, I would say, because that's just my world. I really yeah. like adrenaline. I like when it's happening fast. And when it was a bit scary in the beginning, but when you are confident in your skills and in what you do, it's really not stressful at all. Sometimes things go wrong. And uh, that's when uh, you need to really focus and start thinking quickly how to fix, how to help, what to do. Uh, while also mixing the program, uh, making sure it doesn't fall off air. But once you are there and once you get confident, it's really not that hard to manage uh, pressure and stress and um, the situations where you have to think quick, you even find them entertaining for you because you have to use your skills very quickly. Uh, I personally love that and that's why uh, I find myself happy in that position. I know it's not for everyone, but for me it works out great. You're an adrenaline junkie. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> How did the um, course at AIU help prepare you for this career? So it will sound a bit dull when I say that the soft skills were the primary skill I got from the course, because obviously people don't go to study for the soft skills. They go for the technical skills or for the any other skills that, you know, the department they're setting at. But I would say that soft skills, even though I considered myself to have pretty good soft skills, I, I had my development plan already when I was going into university. The way university shifted my 
soft skills like to a whole different level and we just wouldn't even think about soft skills in such terms that after when I finished university and I think it's really important to just be aware of that that soft skills shape I would say more than half of the job obviously you have to know the area you have to have some skills but you can always learn technical skills some of them come later some of them take longer time and most of the jobs they will train you anyway depending on where you're going but when it comes to soft skills if you don't develop them and you are on the other side of you know communication you don't you don't know how to work in a team things like that it will be really hard to go into job and to present yourself as a good candidate for a job so i would say that even though i learned a lot from technical point of view and obviously I gained skills I wouldn't even think of when it comes to soft skills they were the main factor that got me into the jobs and projects um, I was doing at a later stage. So was the course set up so that you would work in teams pretty much throughout and, and develop these kind of skills? Yes so because of the film production environment teamwork is like the essential factor like you cannot know things you cannot have many knowledge about uh, technicalities but if you have a team working together and wanting to develop one another and thinking about the project as one big thing that the team creates it's all that you need really so the teamwork was the main factor during the course because when you're doing film you never will be able to do a really good film by yourself you always need some help whether it is for someone to even i don't know record some sound for you when you're doing camera or the whole team to make a really better quality uh, film when you need a lot of people working on it but it's always you always need help and it was really good that we were introduced to the idea of helping each other in the very early stages of the course because as it was progressing we just jumped on each other projects just like that with happiness knowing we can create something together and how important it is to just be able to work together on on projects. So there was a good community feel between the students on the course and you would help each other out? Yes um, yes it took some time because of the COVID situation we uh, had a year where we didn't really integrate that much with each other those were hard times but I think as COVID ended we wanted to work together even more you know it's it's not a, a sure thing that we will be able to work with each other so we just appreciated that the opportunity arised and we were even closer we particularly got closer as a team in the final year when we were just uh, helping each other all the time and uh, even editing our films together in one room for like a month because uh, you know of the support and yeah as it got further as it as the time progressed we became really close I'm just a little bit sad that it was in the final year because it ended so quickly and then it felt like you know uh, it should have lasted long and it was really sad to say goodbye to all the people but but yeah we, we were really close at some point and the environment was really nice. Have you stayed in touch with them? Uh, a couple of people only the closest ones uh, it's very hard to stay in touch when you're in different cities people went home or people stayed but I moved away and 
there are a couple uh, of students that I still have um, in contact with. I would say it's around five. So that's, I think it's still a pretty good uh, number. A couple of my friends that I worked on the projects with also moved to London, so that's easier. And I hope more of them will, will do. Uh, so we stick together afterwards. I, I know people in Cambridge and whenever I need something from Cambridge or wherever I'm going, I text them and we meet. But it's not as uh, you know as a close relation as it was during university. So I'm really happy that I I have some contacts afterwards and that we just support each other in in, in all of the ways. What kind of roles have they gone on to? One of my friends went into a post production company. She watches films uh, before they go into cinemas, and she basically looks for like technicalities to correct. So she prepares the films in a way for the cinema screenings. A lot of people went freelance, just started doing some side projects, started working in the field. I had a couple of other students from our course working also in BBC in Cambridge. And now they are trying to get further in a similar similar field or go into dramas or documentaries. So it's still it's still a bit early. It's it's a little bit hard also to, you know, jump onto an ideal position straight away. So they're just trying everything. And once they're in the industry, in a way, they will start looking for something that suits them more. So it's still, everything is under process. So on the course, did you know from the start that you wanted to do sound? And was that what you were able to concentrate on? Or did you play around with different roles to find out what you wanted to do? I absolutely didn't know uh, that I will go into sound. I was actually going into editing. So I thought I'm going to be an editor, a music video editor specifically, because I loved music and I loved film and I wanted to join it together. And the only skill that I had was editing. I didn't have any camera skills. I didn't have any... Uh, I had a little bit of writing skills, but that's it. Uh, but editing, it's what I've been doing in the past. So I, I thought I'm just going to develop my editing skills while under, understanding storytelling more boosting my creativity and going to editing. But as the course progressed, I found myself going into liking camera more and more. So I just started to being attached to camera. And then at some point we started going into some inspirations and I started also being interested in sound. So I really, really liked sound, even though I didn't take almost any major roles in sound on any projects. In my own projects, I would experiment always. I'm still in the development process of my sound skills because I it wasn't my area of you know interest and skill set at all. But I was really, really into it at some point. So when I got introduced in Cambridge to the sound desk, I immediately fell in love. I was like, this is for me. This is my place. This is uh, where I feel really, really good. So I, I think in the future, I will still be able to... Uh, develop my sound skills further and maybe do some sound design even in, in films but I had no idea when I was going to university that I will end on the sound position or even like towards the camera I was so sure it's gonna be editing and it just happened you know it's as time went further and as we just started to try ourselves out in every field I just discovered things that I loved more even though I wasn't good at them I just developed the skills as we as we went. Where did you study before going to ARU and, and what courses did you take? So before ARU, I was studying in uh, Poland. I was uh, on a general high school with some extra subjects in maths, IT and physics. So completely different mm -hmm. field. And I just went to one of the good ranked high schools without thinking much about it, what I want to do. It's also that in Poland, we don't really have 
many art subjects that are generally introduced to students. If you wanted to do something specifically art related, you would need to go into a private high school or like a specialized high school. And when you are 15 or 14 and you're choosing, uh, you know, where to go for like which high school to choose, you don't really think about going into a private one at all because you haven't tried yourself in the art fields. You don't know if you would like that. So it's a general thing for people to just go into the uh, general high schools and study some like grounded, I would say in a way, subjects grounded. What I mean that it's, uh, I just mean the the ones that are like a standard for, for high schools. Um, I thought I'm going to be going into programming, actually. I don't regret that decision because it helped me to like develop some really quick and strict thinking so I think it was good in a way and it also showed me that I really don't want to be just doing strict thinking without you know creativity and art in my life for the rest of my life so that's when I decided that I need to just make a a little bit of a crazy decision go into film out of nowhere with no film experience and move into another country but I I just followed my intuition. Did you always know that you would go to university to study something? Uh, yes, I always knew I wanted to go to university. From the age of 14 or 15, I always had the thought of going uh, to university in the UK. It was like my teenage dream, you know, to go into UK. I really wanted to be in the UK and I loved English. It was my favorite subject, English and maths. Studying in the country, developing my language while studying a different subject was something I really wanted to do. And I loved that uh, UK had like subjects of courses were really broad you could choose anything you could choose it with writing there are subjects like that for me it was mind-blowing and i and i thought i will give it a try and see how it goes and how did it feel for you uh, obviously covid probably got in the way a bit but transferring from poland to england studying here it was a little bit hard in the beginning so in the beginning i thought i won't be i don't know wasting my time a little bit because uh, the system in uk is much different from uh, the system in poland in poland you have around 40 hours of university and then you do you prepare yourself for exams in your own time well in the uk you have i don't know 12 hours of strict learning and then the rest of it is expected from you to learn by yourself to do the projects which turns out great in the long run but in the beginning I just couldn't understand it I was like am I learning something it's just 12 hours Uh, I'm doing my own things but I could have been doing my own things just like that you know maybe without university so I was not sure if I'm in the wrong uh, if I'm in the right place but as time progressed, I started doing side projects a lot and I started feeling that I am in charge of my own education. I finally started understanding it and that's when I became peaceful because I have tutoring, I have access to equipment and I have a lot of time on my hands and it's up to me what I do with that time. So I was really happy to just, you know, discover that, understand finally that I can do anything. I can just, you know, learn what I want finally and get some tutoring on the way as well. It was uh, a really good way to learn and I learned a lot. So that was the main difference. I was actually thinking of dropping uni in the first trimester. I was thinking of going back to Poland. Then COVID came. I went to Poland anyway, as everyone went to their home countries or cities during COVID and we had a little bit of a downtime when everyone was shocked so that was very hard but also very peaceful for me in a way because a lot of stress and decisions I just couldn't make and no I just had to adjust so in a way I felt like 
that was needed for me that's that break to think and to just let the life and the course do you know its process and then in my second year when COVID came I was a little bit of course as everyone disappointed that we don't have face-to-face classes that we cannot shoot films in the groups more than three it was very very hard it definitely impacted our education and I'm not gonna colorize it it wasn't uh, always good it wasn't always great it was really really hard but it also showed us some different ways of going around problems and I was also very lucky that I made the decision to just stay in the UK for Christmas I didn't go back home so I didn't get stuck in my in my country so we could make as many products as we wanted there was no one on the campus the equipment was still there so me and my couple of friends we just started doing films in the meantime so that was actually a really really good time for me I know it's wasn't a good time for everyone and I know it was a really hard time for a lot of students but personally for me it was quite good I had the opportunities that I needed and I think that was a really good path on my development maybe when it was happening I wasn't aware of how much I'm learning I was just trying to get as much of uh, you know of my course as possible during that time but now when I'm looking back on it I think it was uh, actually quite a good time for me and to think about films in different ways, in different creativity, kind of different problem solving that I had to use. I think it was a really good path for me, personally. I I can see that, yeah. It must have increased your independence as well. Not only the COVID, but also the um, different university system that you mentioned. So a lot of changes, but I think as we adjusted to those changes, it was quite eye-opening for a lot of us, whether it was eye-opening that, uh, I don't know, led to some more ambitious projects in the final year because everyone was stuck, or whether it was for people to just be longing to get back together and be stronger as a team more than ever because we all went through the same hardship in a way. So I think there were some good ways out of it. Uh, I know it was really hard, but I think there were some opportunities during that time that taught us a lot. And it clearly hasn't held you back um, if you've moved on to BBC News immediately. No, it didn't (laughs) help me back at all. Uh, I would think that the, the frustration of not being able to do as much as I wanted to led me to do even more in a way. So is there anything that you can think of that actually inspired you to want to get involved with film in the first place? It will be a little bit embarrassing, but uh, so I was writing a lot during my high school and before high school education. And I was writing fan fictions, which is like stories involving celebrities or films or series that already exist. And I was editing trailers for them at some point to like engage my readers even more, engage with the audience and show my own creativity and that's how I got into editing then I started using some music and I discovered how good it feels when certain frames cut well together in a story and also cut along with the music so that was really really important for me to discover that and I think that was the main thing that led me into film because I just loved the feeling of editing something so I just thought Maybe that's a path for me. It's creative, some technical thinking, technical thinking and creativity. I thought it's going to be my way. So that's that's how it happened. So it was uh, a little bit random and totally not related to what I was doing in high school. But once once we started the course, my attention was drawn into different professionals in the industry. And I was taking a lot of inspirations. I was writing about it in my essays. But before university, I really didn't pay much attention to that. I had 
a couple of films that I liked, but I tried not to get too uh, involved into thinking I will be actually making the films because I was thinking just about the editing bit and I didn't know many editors and I didn't think about it. So it was only university that started showing me look at that, look how they edited that, look how they shot that, look what techniques they used. Then I started taking stuff out from the films and taking my inspiration forwards. But before that, I didn't really think about it at all. I didn't even think I could think about it. Was there anybody on the course that you learned about that was particularly inspiring for you, do you think? There were a lot of inspiring people industry-wise, but I wouldn't say it was one person. I think it was the whole process and also my stories that I wanted to tell in a way for my whole life coming into into the surface, like just being shown into the world, a lot of influence from the films that I not necessarily subconsciously maybe thinking about them uh, using in the films. When it comes like specific films, there were a couple of certain filmmakers that would make a big part of that film. For example, for our film Roots, we followed Tarkovsky's, uh, the director films, post-Soviet cinema, in a way, just the idea was going around it and we were stylizing it. So that was our main inspiration. Also the Tree of Life film with cinematography. Mm. So there were a lot of, and we were, we, we knew we are taking inspiration from that and we are doing it on purpose to get as much out of it as possible. But it was in the context of specific films. It wasn't like a one person that were driving me or my colleagues. I think I, um, I can speak for, for the whole course. We were really focusing on the artists in the film industry when it comes to specific projects. And then we would move on and try different styles and films. Was that the uh, Terence Malick? Tree of yes, Life. Yes, yes, that was Terence Malick's Tree of Life uh, film that we took a lot of lighting ideas. And it was actually my tutor that introduced me to the cinematography and the film because she saw in one of my films, uh, in one of my commission films, that I used a lot of cinematography ideas from Tree of Life. And yeah. I wasn't aware, I didn't even know the film, but the ideas that were introduced in that film historically were just going around in other films. So she just showed it to me as a as an extra thing, as a something interesting. Look, this is what you did, even though you don't know the film, this is where you're taking the inspiration from. And that's when I started going more and more into that and getting that, you know, that techniques into our next film. So that's that's how it went. Okay, that's, that's interesting because you so you were starting to pick up on these things about having seen them because, and then you see them and it just helps you develop it further. Yes, because of the influence of some films and the yeah. in, in our today's world, we there are a lot of unconscious uh, things going around that we don't know about because of how the history of film was shaped. So that was really interesting for me to discover. Now you may have mentioned this or touched on it at least before, but what do you think is the most valuable thing that you took away from your education? Apart from the soft skills that I mentioned, I will add confidence and believing that anything is possible. We went through so many hardships, but also any idea that we had, we just developed it and it came to life. So anything that we had in our heads, we made it work. Doesn't matter how ambitious, hard or unrealistic it was. We just created a film. And I think that showed me that really anything that I want to do in the future, I can. And it's just a matter of time, developing my skills and working on it. And it will just come. It's not like a magic thing that I have to succeed and I will succeed or not. It's a matter of developing and going towards that. So if, if someone wants to start a business, they can start a business and it will come to them. You know, there are ways to working around 
financial situations and going forward to developing the business. If someone wants to work in on film sets, they, they may start on a lower position, but they gradually move up there. So anything is possible, really. And I think that's the confidence that our tutors put into us, the trust, the motivation for us to do the impossible. I think that's what told us that we can really go into the world and just do what we want to do. It's work environment is something that everyone has to go to at some point, but you can really work in any field that you want, even if you don't have the skills. Anything about sound desk in TV during my course, because I just didn't think about sound at that time. So I was doing other positions. So I didn't even learn a single thing about the sound desk. Uh, I mean, I learned a lot about sound, but not about the technical skills. I didn't have them, but they teach you at the job. If you show that you are dedicated, if you have passion and if you go further and you work your way up. So I think that's confidence and believing in impossible, like everything is possible, basically. That's that's the main thing I would take out uh, of my course, the confidence that this course gave me. Uh, I just think I would be brave enough to go into film if it wasn't for university. I wouldn't just finish high school and decide, okay, now I'm going into film, now what? You know, it was a gradual process that I decided to go there and how it showed me every step of the way that I'm going to get there eventually one way or another. And you already had your share of success on the course itself with some of your films because you won several awards. So yes, uh, our we are very happy to say that our film has been screened in a number of festivals, including Cambridge Film Festival, some smaller festivals all around the world, really, not only in the UK, but in other countries. We won an award for Roots, the film I was director of photography on, won an award for cinematography at Guild of Television Camera Professionals, which we literally attended maybe two months ago. So that's still a fresh thing, still living in me. So that was a really, really nice award to be part of and a couple of smaller films got some recognition on festivals and on competitions such as uh, Royal Television Society student competition uh, some smaller ones so it's going really well and I'm really happy that our films are screened and people are able to watch them because that's really the biggest prize we can get for people to watch our work and give us feedback and get in contact with us after the films that's really the main part of it all that people are watching our films and we are really really proud of it yeah it's, it's incredible that you've had all this success i think i'm just looking down the list now <laughs> thinking wow as well as roots you had colorblind is that a film you did in your second year Yes, that's a film I did during COVID. So that was a film where I got in contact with people all around the world that were online because I wasn't able to meet anyone anyway. And I just did interviews with them online and then showed the perspective of how they see the world through their color blindness with their struggles showing how it really looks from their perspective because color blindness is not only you know seeing black and white world it's about not seeing certain colors so it can lead to a number of challenges and accessibility that we wouldn't think of so i managed to do that film during COVID, which with not much struggle when it comes to because i just found a way around meeting people so that film got the recognition at uh, royal television society so i was really really proud of that and it was <laughs> For editing as well, shortlisted for camera and short form as well, is that right? Yes, so it was nominated in uh, three categories. It won one category in the end. Still a big success, still very happy with it. 
do you have a chance to show your films to each other, to the other students on the course and kind of do a peer review yeah. feedback sessions? Yes, it's part of our learning process to show films to each other and get feedback. And it got so natural to us over time that we would just send films randomly to each other on the text chat saying, being like, can you give me feedback? Because it's it's part of the process. It's really, really important. So we would never submit a film without showing it to anyone. We would be showing films in the class, but also we would be just sending the products to each other to develop them. And we would be just watching them and uh, trying to get as much insight as possible because it's not a one-person job. At any stage, you see things one way and someone else may see it other way and get some more insight. And that's how film is developed through, through stages. And with Roots, it was a Cinematographers Award, Bill Vinton University Award for Cinematography that you won, wasn't it? And and you were responsible for the cinematography on that film. Yes, yes. So on the Roots, I was the cinematographer and I was also operating the camera in okay. some shots with other camera operators on the film. How long did it take to film? Apart from the whole pre-production process and editing and the whole thing took a couple of months, but the filming itself took five or six days. We probably would be filming it for longer if we could, but we were filming in such a strange location. Where uh, was it? I've, I've seen the trailers. It was in Peak District. It was very hard to get there. There was almost no connection, no electricity on location. It was just crazy. It was snowing and then suddenly five minutes later, all while we were filming, running up and down the hill. Uh, it was really hard to get there. We had to hire a van. We had to find accommodation. It was so ambitious. It, we, I, I felt at some point that we went over it and I probably would not like to be involved in such crazy projects for a long time because I feel like I still need resting. But I don't regret anything because it was a really good experience and we learned a lot and we created something we really wanted to create. In the beginning, we were supposed to go to Lithuania to shoot that film. but uh, And we were all sure that we will be able to do that even with COVID and we thought that maybe COVID, we had insurance for COVID and everything, but then war in the Ukraine suddenly broke out and uh, not only did it affect our friends and families and everything, but also we were not able to safely go to Lithuania anymore, so we had to work around it in a very short time and on a very restricted budget because we already, you know, spent some money on things there and there. So in the end, we only had those five, six days to shoot in Pink District. So I think if we had more time and if it was local, it would probably, we would probably be filming it for like two or three weeks because just of how much work was done in one day. But uh, in the end, we worked it out. So I'm happy it only took five days, actually, because it was really intense. It does look so remote. Yes, we were looking for a very isolated area to, to show the loneliness and show the how how alone the main protagonist was. So we were focusing on how to get a location that will be in the middle of nowhere. So of course that followed with its sacrifices for the place because an isolated area is very hard to get to and live at. And uh, it was also very cold and we had to heat, you know, we had some wood to heat, but then we ran out of wood. So a lot of complications <sighs> and it was, a really, really crazy project, uh, but we made it in the end. What were you staying in? Did you have like a cottage or? So we had the house uh, on location. So the house will basically be uh, a rented place for families to go for like a camping for a couple of days. 
So we had the house and a fireplace was in the house already, but there were no place to sleep at in there. We brought some foldable beds with us for the, but it was mainly for the shots. And we rented a small place nearby, like 20 minutes by car from there. But of course we didn't have cars. So we had to either take a taxi or the person who was driving a van. Our tutors were helping us, uh, taking turns. It was really, now that I look back on it, I, I really don't know how, how it, we made it all work because it was so crazy. Uh, and we had always two people staying on location with all the equipment because it would be impossible to transport it back and forth. So two people had to stay there cook on the, uh, you know, on the portable cooker, uh, be fully camping, and then we would swap the people over and over uh, to stay on that location. Everyone who was going back to the location would be charging all the batteries that died during the day. It was very cold. The batteries from the camera and from the lighting and from the sound equipment, they were dying like crazy all the time. And of course, no electricity on location means we couldn't charge them. This was a very, very hard process uh, Follow that. But we were we were taking turns on location, but it was still not easy conditions to, to work at. Quite an experience. And this is why yeah. you work in a newsroom now. Possibly, because, uh, you know, it's it's good when it's busy. That's, that's how I would call it. So. Is there any piece of advice that you'd give to your younger self looking back? Yes, I would tell myself to believe in myself more. Because I didn't believe in myself enough to apply to a music course that I really wanted to study, which I really don't regret because I think film was my place now. But I think I should have more confidence that I can do it uh, in the past. Also, I would tell myself that all the things will come in their time. You know, if you keep working and if you keep pushing towards the direction that you want to be at, it will come. It may take some time, but it will come. So you just have to really stick to that. So that's that's what I would tell myself. What was your favourite thing about studying in Cambridge? And was there anything that you learned about the city that you hadn't realised before? Yeah, so I loved living in Cambridge because it was so close to anywhere I wanted to be. I could get there in 15 minutes on a bike. So it was amazing. Uh, I was also much, much sportier that, than now when I where I live in London because... Uh, I don't cycle that much and I take underground everywhere. While in Cambridge, you know, it was quicker to jump on a bike and cycle somewhere. So that was really nice. Cambridge is really small, which makes you feel like you're in a lovely city. Not much traffic going on. A lot of people that you meet all the time. So that was really nice. Historically, I don't know much about Cambridge. Uh, I mean, I know the basic facts, but I was never really into history. I know uh, culturally that it's a great place to visit and just go through all the universities. The, uh, they are beautiful. The old buildings are beautiful. It's it's a really nice place to just go for a walk, you know, and just enjoy enjoy the river, enjoy the buildings. It's a really good place. And the shops are everywhere. And it's so easy to get access to everywhere around. What projects are you currently working on, both at work and outside of it? So obviously in BBC, I'm doing the live news and recording. So that's something that I uh, specialize at at the moment, but I'm also doing some side projects. So for example, I'm finishing editing a food cult project, which is, is led by the former uh, head of Story Lab uh, Immersive Institute that was at, uh, that is still at ERU. So I'm editing that project and still finishing it because it's a project that was shot for a very long time. So it's, it just also takes a very long time to edit. I am hoping to 
jump on more side projects because now that I'm working and now that I have certain hours and certain income, I can really do anything I want uh, with my side projects and with my future business as I am planning to open my own business and do commissions for little businesses uh, all around the UK once I have enough equipment which I'm investing in at the moment and that's what I will be doing in in the future not anything that will happen in the next couple of months probably but that's something that I'm doing on the side taking a, a couple of smaller commissions as well for some photo shoots and whichever project I feel like now now that I'm working it's a little bit different so it's actually a little bit more organized and also I'm more uh, you know I, I'm more mature I'm not a student anymore so I can organize my time way better uh, you know now now that I know my working hours and I, I value my private time more than I did during university because I, I just told myself that university has to be those three years that I will just push up to 100% and over and go beyond that and just do as much as I can. But uh, now that I'm past it, I'm just focusing on what's crucial for me and for my skills. So it's still as busy that it was at university. So it, it does get better. It sounds like it's paid off for you. Yes, yes, it is. Okay, well, thank you for joining me today, Agatha. It's been fantastic to talk to you and it's great to hear you having so much success. Thank you so much.